재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵. What time is it? What time is it? What time is it? Do you know what time it is? 그리빵 아빠의 안타까운 웃음이 알려주면서 복지 지원을 Prime It's prime time. One of the key figures, in fact, what a lot of people feel, one of the uh, most notorious figures uh, involved in this uh, so-called uh, President uh, Park Geun-hye scandal is the uh, former Chief Presidential Secretary of Civil Affairs, Woo Byung-woo. He finally appeared at the National Assembly for the uh, fifth parliamentary hearings on this scandal. Uh, the uh, politicians have been trying to unearth something, some kind of smoking gun to try and tie him directly or get some evidence that would indicate... Uh, once and for all, uh, that uh, this scandal is beyond a doubt uh, true. Uh, the public has been uh, captivated by this. A uh, lot of people, millions of people t- tuning in, even as we speak right now at the hearings that are still going on. So we're going to get some uh, on-the-field reporting from Korea Herald's uh, Yeo Jun-seok, who's on the line right now. Hello. Hello. Uh, Junsok, as always, good to have you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, give us the latest updates. What did you hear so far? What's your overall uh, assessment on this hearing? Um, yeah, let me give you like latest update of the parliamentary hearing. Um, the lawmakers spend most of most of their time questioning a army captain who allegedly performed facial injection on President Park Geun-hye for beauty purpose during the sinking of Seoul ferry disaster. Uh, the officer worked as a nurse at presidential office back then. Uh, so, like, she denied all the allegations surrounding her. She said that she never saw the president receiving such treatments from others and that the presidential office does not, does not have any, um, dubious, uh, drugs such as, uh, propofol. But she admitted that she had performed similar treatment on her, uh, beforehand. Um, and uh, regarding Woo Byung-woo, uh, Woo Byung-woo has remi- remained defiant to the accusation against him uh, as he did during the earlier part of the uh, hearing. Uh, lawmakers mostly focus on finding out whether Wu was involved with, you know, dubious uh, land purchasing deal and whether he pushed her his power to get his son receive, you know, easy job during his mandatory military service. Yeah, and uh, he's really proving once again how uh, he has been uh, one of the so-called elites, uh, the one of the smartest people in the country, um, and very, very uh, defiant in the face of all this uh, tough questioning by the. It's a tough nut to crack, indeed. I just want to get over to uh, an interesting development here because this special committee uh, did want to have Tresunchil Anjongbum. These other key witnesses who have refused to uh, attend the hearings in person, these uh, individuals are right now being held in custody, Chunsuk. And today they did officially make the announcement that they intend on the 26th to go directly uh, to the holding cells and uh, hold the hearings there. I understand this will also be uh, televised live. Can you just tell us exactly how this is going to happen? Yeah, as far as I know... um like uh, I, we have to wait and see and how things will play out. Like 
because I haven't seen such hearing um, happen before right. uh, held in prison. So, uh, but my personal view is that it is quite unlikely uh, to see this happen because the witnesses are still able to refuse the request from the lawmakers. Because the, according to the law from the Assembly, uh, it mandates that if the witnesses refuse to attend the inquiry without offering a legitimate explanation after receiving a subpoena, they can send to prison or forced to pay fines. But there is no specific measures to enforce their attendance if the witnesses choose to risk such punishment. So uh, I think it's quite unlikely, but it is my personal view. So they will go there on the 26th. Uh, there's no doubt about yep. that. But uh, the attempt to try actually seat uh, either Choi Soon-sil or An Jong-bum into the chairs and uh, broadcast live some kind of a hearing you feel is um, quite yep, unlikely am, to actually yeah. happen. Yeah, I am. I think it's quite unlikely to happen. Like, yeah, I don't think they will, like, you know, actually take the take their seats and, you know, undergo a uh, hearing at the prison. But okay. Yeah, we have to wait and see. Yeah, we will indeed. Uh, let's yeah. talk about the uh, special investigative team. Yesterday, it was uh, formally launched in a uh, sign unveiling ceremony by uh, Park Young Soo, the, the chief special prosecutor. Uh, they are now uh, going full board, looking into there were raids on the national pension fund uh, yesterday, trying to tie uh, Samsung to the uh, charges of bribery in in uh, place of the uh, approval of the uh, merger they had last year. Uh, Chang Yura also now a target. Uh, they want to extradite Chung. This is the daughter of Choi Soon Shil, as well as uh, revoke her passport. Uh, how how easy is this going to be, you feel? Um, yeah, uh, as I said before, it won't be easy, but I think it could happen because like, now that the prosecutors have you know, put her on their wanted list and the foreign ministry said that they are going to revoke her passport, so things are looking better than before. Uh, but the problem is that the prosecutor like, still don't know exactly where Chong is, and they don't know exactly where about of her, and presumably she is in Germany, but you know they don't know exact location of her. And the more time they wasted, the more likely she would have you know, time to cover up any ties linking her to the allegation that she you know, might have received special favor when getting into EY University. So... Um, um, obviously, things are looking better than before, but uh, it is something that we have to, you know, wait and see. <clears throat> Overall, what do you think are going to be the major challenges face- facing this uh, special prosecutorial team to try and conduct, um, first, a very thorough, but also a speedy 70-day investigation? Um one of the major allegations is that uh, to find out exactly what sort of wrongdoing uh, President Park Geun-hye has been involved uh, when it comes to influence peddling, peddling and corruption scandals, such as whether she has actually pulled her strings to enforce, you know, Samsung or large conglomerates to, you know, make, you know, what they are called forceful donation to, you know, uh, foundation run by Chesun Shil. So they have to find out um, exactly what. Uh, what sort of role exactly President Park had played, um, you know, during the, um, um, the during the meetings? All right, we will leave it there. I know it's a very busy time for you, Chun Suk, and uh, we do appreciate you taking the time to uh, give our listeners uh, a bit of this reporting as well. So, uh, thank you very much. Hope to talk to you again soon. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you.
That was Yojun Sok from Korea Herald. Let's get some analysis now on some of the uh, goings-on in the uh, political sphere. Uh, our good friend from Yonsei Institute for North Korean Studies, research fellow Dr. Bong Young-sik is on the line. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Bong. Uh, we, You're welcome. Uh, we have now an official decision from the Anti-Park Coalition. Uh, the estimate is about 35 lawmakers will bolt uh, will leave the ruling Senate party. They will try to form uh, what they're calling the new conservative party, a draw from elements around uh, the political sphere, including try to get more Senate members to join, as well as maybe some moderate um, politicians outside of the party. How damaging is this to the current Senate party, which a lot of people now are just calling the uh, Chinbakdang or the uh, the pro party, um, the pro park party, especially if uh, the uh, impeachment uh, proceedings in the constitutional court are successful. Uh, you are correct. Uh, the damage is uh, immense because uh, in Korean history, um, the Conservative Party has never experienced such a massive defection of members. I mean, the Conservative parties, um, you know, have experienced some, you know, small scales of defection, but uh, you know, departure of uh, you know core members, uh, thirty-five lawmakers from the ruling Conservative Party is unprecedented. So the Senate Party. Uh, without uh, these, uh, you know, defected members, will not play any key role in terms of blocking the impeachment process or political, you know, uh, um, you know, criticism rendered by the opposition parties. Now we know that this. Uh Breakup now is, is essentially a matter of when and if, and December 27th seems to be the date that they will officially bolt, and then uh, early uh, next year they will try to form a new party. So we'll have two conservative parties, potentially four now, negotiating bloc uh, entities in the National Assembly. How does this affect, and I know as an international affairs expert, uh, you follow the Korean, you know very uh, well uh, the individual that everyone's talking about, UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon, who is set to, who's leaving office, coming back to Korea in early January. He seems to have indicated in recent comments that he is very much determined to run for president. Uh, what is his calculation? I think uh, it is determined by uh, Secretary General Ban Ki-moon to run for presidency, judging from his latest statement. Um, then the next step for him is to choose what kind of a political party he's going to, you know, uh, join hands with, uh, in order to realize his presidential ambitions. It is highly unlikely for uh, Secretary Ban Ki-moon to form his own party. Uh, realistically speaking, he does not have sufficient amount of time or manpower or political capital to have an independent party. And then among four political parties, which party will be his choice? It is unlikely for him to choose a Senate party because the credibility of the Senate party is bankrupt. And uh, what about the Minju party? There is a strong candidate, Mr. Moon Jae-in, who actually ran for presidency in the last election. So you can rule it out. And then um, he's left with uh, two choices, the uh, you know, anti-park faction, who is going to form a new party um, probably at the beginning of a new year. And uh, the People's Party uh, with uh, Dr. An Chol-su and others. And we have to pay attention to the number of the lawmakers defected from the Senate Party, which is uh, currently 35, but which can be also in- even increased to more than 35, probably around the 50 to 60. Then... Uh, the new party 
whether these defected members from the Senri Party will be uh, number three right. uh, ahead of the People's Party. And uh, they will uh, make a very persuasive case that they duly represent the true conservatives, true <laughs> conservative values in politics. So there will be a very attractive option for uh, Secretary General Ban Ki-moon. Before we go on, I just want to get your thoughts on a couple of the... Uh Already we see the backlash and the criticism. And, and again, I know you've been following uh, Pang Ki-moon throughout his career, even starting from when he was at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. But we've had people like An Hee-jung, a uh, former close aide of um, pre- former President Noh Moo-hyun, come out and say, well, th- this guy, Pang Ki-moon, was a person who kind of just laid low. He never really wanted to rock the boat. He was afraid to kind of uh, kind of uh, turn heads. And he really didn't really do anything in terms of grave responsibility. And he's shown some, I suppose, He's not shown enough gratitude for what President No did to help him get to the UN Secretary General position and that he is being a bit of an opportunist. And then again, the questions of how effective ultimately he was as UN Secretary General. Do you expect those kind of criticisms to grow more and more as he becomes more of a, a political, I suppose, entity here in South Korea? Though more, um, you know, Secretary General Ban Ki-moon's uh, political ambition will be materialized it is only natural that he will face more of that kind of criticism. But if I were uh, part of uh, Secretary General Pang Ki-moon's camp, I, I think I could make a very persuasive counter-argument against the criticisms. One, serving 10 years as a UN Secretary General uh, is not a small achievement, regardless of uh, very diverse uh, interpretations and evaluations of his legacy at the United Nations. He was the first ever Korean citizen who served at the top of the United Nations, the most important international institution. Two, um, his uh, tendency to be quiet and low-key may be regarded as sometimes a liability as a politician, but it can be also a sign of very measured uh, you know, attitude as a good team player, very reasoned, seasoned politician who doesn't have a big ego, which is a very dangerous political liability these days, judging from the fact uh, of the, uh, the Chesuncheo scandal on uh, President Park, Park Geun-hye. So what has been criticized as a liability can be easily packaged by the proponent of Secretary General Ban Ki-moon as a, a strong asset. And uh, third... Um, his uh, uh, personality, very quiet, low-key personality, is exactly the kind of personality uh, Korean public is desperately uh, demanding in this time of uh, major political crisis. So counter-arguments will abound, but at the same time, I think, uh, I'm sorry, as a candidate, (laughs) president candidate, uh, Mr. Ban Ki-moon has a very strong counter-arguments to make. Well, uh, we were joking before about how you might get a call from the Blue House. I think you're going to get a call from the uh, Pangi Moon camp and uh, help them out because there's this great messaging uh, work indeed there, <laughs> Dr. Bong. Um, just but, but this is an extremely uncertain political climate. So right, right. Um, what has been working in the past uh, does not necessarily work gotcha. as well you know, in a current situation. 
What are your thoughts on the uh, Prime Minister Huang Yuan? He is now acting president. He was uh, uh, going through a National Assembly Q&A session, uh, got some very, very tough questioning. He is saying that he does see no need to try to revisit the uh, debate over deploying uh, the THAAD system. Uh, the opposition is saying you got to wait till the next president uh, is elected to ultimately make a final decision. Do you think it will be definitely deployed by next year? Um, I cannot say uh, with a hundred percent confidence, but I would bet that uh, that deployment will be, you know, uh, carried out as scheduled because uh, there's a um, there are a lot of uh, issues that should be uh, taken care of. One, um, you may question whether uh, Prime Minister Hwang Yuan, who's an acting president, has a uh, legitimate authority to overrule the decision to deploy the that. In uh, during the impeachment trial undergoing, and the second, um, it will greatly damage the international credibility of South Korea, especially as a security partner of the United States. If uh, on his watch, uh, Prime Minister Hwang Kyo-wan somehow reverses the decision, uh, who's going to you know assume the responsibility uh, for any backlash coming from the uh, the reversal of the decision of the Saad? And third, by reversing the decision, uh, it will not stop the uh, ongoing controversies and opposition to the deployment of that, but it may fuel more controversies and, you know, instability with regard to security matters. So I think it was a safe bet made by Prime Minister under current situation. Right. His point being that just because you delay a decision uh, for a year or two uh, doesn't necessarily mean that China's uh, stance will soften or their uh, attitudes toward it will uh, somehow uh, be improved, uh, which is, I, I suppose, part of what the uh, opposition's argument is. Uh, staying with Huang Yuan, Dr. Bong, He uh, uh, answering various questions, including some of the various policies that the president has pushed forward, has indicated that he is simply going to carry through with what's already been established, including uh, the uh, question of the very controversial uh, state history textbooks. It feels like... It's a bit of a rocky start right now. His relationship with the opposition party, I'm sure his relationship with uh, Chang Wu-tek and the uh, Sanity party is, is, is quite rosy. But there are, go- there are certainly going to be a lot of tensions going forward as to how to manage state affairs during this impeachment period. Well, it, it depends uh, uh, what is uh, his ultimate uh, goal, uh, whether he wants to tie uh, his uh, uh, performance as an acting president during this uh, in an uncertain period, uh, to his political agendas or ambitions. And he said he's not going to run for president for sure. That's what he said. Right, right, right. So um, we can just, uh, uh, you know, buy his, you know, answer mm-hmm. uh, at face value and said that his main focus is to eliminate any unnecessary controversies and misunderstandings. Uh, we we have to remember that President Park has not officially been impeached. The impeachment process uh, has just started. Uh, so has the, uh, the uh, operation of the special prosecutor's office. So we have been in the very early stage and very uncertain state of the impeachment you know, uh, decision at the constitutional court and the investigation of the President Parkinson's uh, potential involvement in all these allegations. So, uh, from the standpoint of Prime Minister, 
who's filling in for the president uh, cannot really make any uh, uh, huge reversal from the um, you know, uh, decisions that had been already made while he was serving as a prime minister. All right, uh, we will leave it there. Uh, I've been told by my writers that it's uh, almost as difficult to try to get you uh, to help us here on the program uh, as a panelist as it is to try to get Wu Byung-woo to attend the National Assembly hearing. So despite your busy schedule, thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Bong, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you, too.